I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 129. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, once again, I'm sitting across the Zoom screen for my beloved adopted daughter, Rachel, who happens to be my assistant. I have known Rachel since she was a college student. Now she's an old married woman with three children about to launch into this homeschool world herself. Rachel, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) So Rachel, as my assistant, fields a lot of thoughts and questions as people are making um, schedule, you know, issues with, with appointments with her. And so she has gathered some questions and answers, and we've been kind of going over them in the past uh, month or two. And so this is part three of a Q&A with Rachel, and she's a fund of information and knowledge. So we're going to share on, on some of these answers, I'm sure. But Rachel, take it away. So um, you're, you know, you talk about children spending so much time outside, but then that can um, cause some need for some creative, you know, solutions. Um, And so one question we've gotten is, how can we still spend time outside in less than ideal weather? Hmm. It's a great question. It really is. Um, So this is what I say to my families in California when I'm doing my seminars. I say to them, you and your children spend the least time outdoors of any families in America that I work with. And they all look very sheepish and nod their heads. And then I say to them, and you know who spends the most time outdoors? And they say, who? And I say, my family's in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And they just groan because they know that I'm right. So I think less than ideal weather is an interesting term. And as they say in uh, Finland, there are, there's no bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. And so the Minnesotans, of course, have that wonderful can-do attitude. Their kids are dressed for any climate. And so they have those wonderful little overalls, you know, with little suspenders. And then they have, you know, down jackets and wonderful boots. And I love rubber boots because you can layer really warm socks, but your feet never get wet in a rubber boot. And then wonderful gloves and then great hats because the, the places that make you miserable if you get wet are your head, your hands, and your feet. And usually, you know, the back of your neck is part of your head, of course, but those are the, the, the extremities. And if you have, like, I have some ski gloves. I don't even know where I got them. And they're leather on the outside. And they're like, I don't know what they're on the inside. But these things, you could be in the North Pole and your hands would be warm. And they're so old. I've had them for years and years and years. But even living in Oklahoma, I've kept them here with me. And, um, you know, we have a snowstorm one day for a year, you know, at a time, it's a big thrill for everybody. And so I, I love having these gloves. So the right clothes. So that means garage sales. Garage sales are your friend, particularly summer garage sales, when people are giving away clothes that are inappropriate for that season. So I want you to think ahead. And then of course, 
befriending all of your older children friends. How can I say this? All of your friends who have older children and um, just saying, wow, if you guys, you know, we are not proud. Just saying, we, <laughs> we love hand-me-downs. We love them. We consider them a gift from God, you know, and getting the word out to all of your friends whose kids are a little bit ahead of you in, in growth. And so gathering the right clothing and there's almost no day that that children cannot be outside. And um, there's a really fun um, uh, blog or whatever, I don't know, website, whatever. It's called Tree Hugger. And they have all these really great articles on kids playing outside and how one woman wrote about how she's raised her kids to love storms and love windy days and love, you know, uh, things that people would be like, oh, this is inclement weather. And she's like, I love, you know, now obviously you don't send them out in lightning and thunder because it's dangerous. But other than that, you know, really windy, gusty, you know, like in California, example, people are like, oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's too cold. Oh, there's Santa Ana's today. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like if the if the temperature is one degree off from 82, you're going to hear about it. Everyone will be complaining about it. Everyone will be talking about it. And like, seriously, like, you know, so it's how you raise your children, you know, when it's a quote, rainy day. I love rainy days. And I personally do love rainy days, particularly when you live in a warm climate, there's nothing more rewarding and refreshing than a rainy day. Mm -hmm. When we lived at the beach, people would be walking by to go to the beach and they'd come by and say, come on, we're going to the beach. What are you doing? And I'd say, I'm reading, reading. It's a beautiful day. I'm like, it's a beautiful day every day in Southern California. I'm sorry, but I've got to read. <laughs> like people just, they don't understand that we need to create, and when we live in a warm climate, we need to create spaces for silence and solitude, which weather, inclement weather creates, mm -hmm. but it's also a really fun time to go outside mm -hmm. and say to your kids, go outside in your bathing suits. We're having, you know, a rain, you know, and it's not cold out, but it's raining out. Go outside and just play outside and then we'll just strip you off at the door and run in and, you know, jump in the bathtub or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's your attitude. I think that's the key. Um, and using common sense, excuse me, but in cold weather, rainy weather should not in any way keep children indoors unless it's raining, uh, unless it's thundering and lightning. Pretty much all other weather is, is fun to be out, even like ice storms or so many things that kids would think is really fun yeah. if they had the right clothing. Right. Yes. And right now it's hard to think about ice storm because it's I so know. hot. <laughs> But even that can be, you know, children can say, oh, I'm sweating. I'm so hot. So I think too, like making sure there's shade and making sure that there's little, you know, enclaves in the yard, water toys. Yeah. We'll keep them occupied and cool, you know, just things like that, where there's a place to go and retreat because yeah, of course it's not comfortable to be standing in the scorching sun. But there's still things to do that can be fun and, you know, ride your bike and feel the wind in your hair, you know, just all those things. Amen. I met an old man many years ago who was riding through our park in Illinois where we lived. 
And yeah, I would see him every day because I could see him out of my window of my house. And one day I talked to him. He's riding this old, old 10-wheeler. And he was an older man with no shirt. And he would ride by every day. You couldn't miss him. So one day I said, you know, where are you from? And he was from like a suburb in the, in Chicago that was like a 45 minute drive. You know, I mean, it was a far away suburb and he'd say, yeah. I, and I'd say, well, it's so hot today. Aren't you hot? And he'd say, and he said to me, you're never hot on a bicycle. There's always a breeze on a bicycle. And I tell people that all the time here because Oklahomans are like, I'd, I'll say, let's go for a bike ride. And they'll be like, oh, it's so hot. And then I'll say, well, as a man taught me years ago. And it's true. <laughs> and then, or taking your kids' clothes and dipping them in cold water and putting them on and sending them outside. Or, of course, the sprinkler is the ultimate play date, you know, yeah. for families. And um, there's so many ways. The other day, my irrigation system went on and my little five-year-old comes in and he's soaking wet. I said, that. I didn't realize what happened. I go, where, where'd you just come from? And he goes, I was playing in the sprinkler. I'm like, oh, what a good idea. And then because the irrigation system turns on different places, you know, they can run to different places and get it. It's so cute. So, I mean, it's simple stuff. We make this more complicated than it has to be. But um, wearing hats, that's another thing. Like little, um, I remember when the, my twins were born, I got them Hannah Anderson sun hats. And they're really, really pretty little, you know, cotton hats and they're blue and white and yellow. I think they're so cute. And, um, and I can remember like being at a parade with the twins or different things and they have their sun hats and it gives kids a lot longer um, patience with being outside if they're wearing a hat. And, you know, you can wear sun reflective clothing, like, like pool clothing, you can play in that as well. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm tough on this weather issue. There's no bad weather, just the wrong clothes. Yes. Yeah. And I think you're right. The attitude of the parents is a lot because children pretty much on their own would just love to be outside 24 seven. What can save you years of worry and frustration in homeschooling? Beginning with the end in mind. When you have a long-term vision, you'll save time, money, and tears as you homeschool your children. On Sunday, October 16th, I'm teaching my seminar, Begin with the End in Mind, in Loma Linda, California. I'll help you expand your vision for homeschooling from the earliest years through the teens. We'll cover a whole host of topics, from socialization to classical literature, from college prep and trade schools, the best curriculums for teaching world history, all the things you need to successfully homeschool your children for the long haul. Early bird registration goes through October 6th. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com forward slash upcoming dash seminars to register. I look forward to seeing you in California. Now back to the show. Um, all right. So if someone has grandparents, you know, around or living near them, yes. You know, what are some ways that grandparents can participate in, I guess, in the homeschooling yes. journey is kind of what the question is. Yes. That's such a good question. 
um, I, I get that. We talk about grandparents a lot when I'm consulting with families for good or for bad. Yeah. Um, some of them are kind of horror stories, but most of them are really positive. Um, so the first thing I would say is um, be honest with your parents. If you don't want your kids watching screens or you don't want your kids eating junk food or you don't want them sitting indoors on a beautiful day, um, tell your parents, say, you know, the kids are coming over, but um, we were on a media fast or we're um, fasting from sweets or sugar or however you want to term it. Um, so we baked these really yummy um, treats that they're allowed to have or here are the ingredients because the kids love to bake grandma or grandpa. Would you mind doing that with them? Um, and instead of watching a screen, we bought this outdoor equipment. We bought this game. We brought these books um, because elderly people are tired and they, you know, to entertain a house full of children, you can understand why they just plop them in front of the screen and give them Twinkies to eat. But the thing is, if you are proactive and do the work for your parents, say, well, mom, you know, Susie's dying to learn how to quilt. So I just, you know, bought all this fabric and um, or take your mom shopping with Susie and say, um, we're paying for this stuff. But Susie wants to quilt. Would you be willing to do that? And would you be willing to go shopping with us mm -hmm. and pick what she's going to need? Or grandpa, Joey is dying to learn how to build birdhouses. Would you, here's the wood, here's the blah, blah, blah. So being proactive with your parents, helping them out, giving them tickets to something, a museum, a play, something. So if they're having to watch your kids, helping them know what to do with them while they have them. But grandparents are your greatest secret weapon. And um, include them in your process constantly. And a lot of families will give their parents a, a gift of a, a registration to one of my seminars. And there are always grandparents in the audience, always. And it's because if you can get your grand the your parents to hear the same information you're getting, then you're all on the same team together. And they're not undermining you because now they understand that you have an intentional philosophy that you're operating in. And they, ad they adhere to that and it's just like a little bit of heaven. Mm -hmm. So they can definitely bring them books to read your children and ask them specifically, would you mind reading these books? They're so excited that you're gonna to read to them. Would you mind taking them to the pool? Um, here's the ticket, we bought you admission or whatever to our pool. However you have to do it to make their life easier. Um, I think they won't fall back on screen time if they have other options that they don't have to work too hard to create. Yeah, I've definitely seen that and being patient to, to make sure that I'm not imposing my children on yes. grandparents, but yes. letting it be something that they want to do. And then to, because make sure they have the energy and the time to do it. You know? But, you know, my, my daughter-in-law is such an amazing woman and she, when she brings her children to me or to the other grandma, she actually brings food, which I do not want. And I say, Kristen, this is called a day off, or this is called a vacation, but she's so thoughtful that way. And for some parents who are intimidated with having to feed these, mm -hmm. you know, never ending 
eaters. Um, that might be another way that you could serve your parents where they would not feel so overwhelmed with your children coming. So yeah. Kristen so kindly makes a meal or two. Um, and I usually turn it down. But this last time that the grandchildren were here, they're here for a long time. Because um, my kids were on a retreat for, um, for their work um, at church. Um, so Kristen actually made this exquisite spaghetti sauce and sent you know, the pasta, which I don't eat pasta. And she knows that because I, it, you know, I have an autoimmune problem. So she went to all that trouble and we had two meals of that. That was a lovely gift when you're watching a group of children and you're old and tired. <laughs> so that's another way you might sweeten the pot a little bit for yeah. you know, the grandparents. Yeah. And it's fun to see how they do their own little twist on things and they develop especially once they catch the vision then how they develop yes. their own things that they bond with the kids on and you know they have their special book they read and right. the things that they do and stuff like that so and also Rachel seeing them as your partners in the spiritual development and discipleship of your children so if your parents or, you know, in-laws are believers, really like deputizing them and calling them forth and saying, you know, grandpa, it means so much when you share your faith with our children or when you do Bible time with them or you pray with them or you um, speak wisdom spiritually into their lives, they will remember this the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. There is a beautiful movie called When We Were Colored. I don't know if many people know about it, but it's a story of a little African-American boy and his mother is a complete crazy person. And I don't think he has a father. I can't remember the details, but his grandparents basically raise him. The mother's in and out of his life, mm -hmm. but his grandparents are a gift from God and his his grandfather is called Deacon which is now a very popular name in naming kids for some reason it's such a great name but anyway his grandpa was named Deacon in the movie and how he just mentors him and disciples him and and it just makes me cry the power of godly grandparenting mm -hmm. and the impact that grandparents can have and so inviting your parents and welcoming their spiritual input in your children's lives because it's it's a gift yeah that's good so then switching gears a little bit to more of a homeschool specific question yeah um do you have any tips for teaching a second language hmm. you know that's a great one too and i come at things a little differently maybe than most people but i really believe in immersion and so I definitely do not believe in trying to teach a spoken language at home. That is a disaster unless you're bilingual yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be purely doing Francais at home. You know, it's just not going to work. So um, but is there someone in your life? And I guarantee that there is if you're creative, who is a native speaker. So most communities in America today have many Latino native speakers. That's usually pretty easy to find. You may have a grandparent or a relative who's a native speaker from another country. Um, utilize them in your children's lives or go on short-term mission trips and repeatedly go to the same place 
like Mexico, or like I'm very close with a missionary in Honduras who's been on, uh, Babsy, who's been on the podcast. And so like if you can once a year go to that place and then you say to the kids and the adults in, in that culture, please don't speak English to my children. Like they are here to learn your beautiful language. And, um, and if you bring someone into your home, same thing. If you have an exchange student you, or a au pair or a relative that's come from abroad, you say, please don't speak English to my children. Um, if, if they start speaking to you in English, just say in, in whatever your language is, I don't speak English. I don't speak English. When they ask for milk, say, what is milk? You know, or whatever. And so, you know, have some fun with it and say, la leche, ah, la leche, yes. So you can, you know, have fun with this. Um, But of course, a native speaker very often is wanting to improve their English. So then you say, well, you may speak English with me, but you may not speak English with my children, you know, or something like that. Um, But I think anytime that you drop a child into the deep end with language, they will blow your mind with their abilities to assimilate and to um, just become, I mean, it's just phenomenal. Older, you know, the older we get, the harder that becomes. Right. To a young child, give them two weeks and you will not believe what they can accomplish. So immersion is the secret. I know there's all sorts of products out there selling you language skills, but nobody really learns how to speak that way. The way you learn to speak is living in a culture and making friends and sinking or swimming. Yeah. And the second best is bringing that culture into your home and doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took years of Spanish and <laughs> I am definitely not fluent. Um, but my husband's school, they actually, I mean, he was fluent by the time he finished high school, but it was a very immersive right. program. And right. so they were reading Spanish literature, you know, by a certain level and things. Yeah. So I've always wondered if reading, you know, start with books that they know in English and then read in Spanish. A That's little. exactly right. I tell people to do this all the time. So if you have memorized Hop on Pop or the Oxcart Man or Miss Rumpheus or, you know, really simple books that your children have memorized, then get the Spanish version at the library because those are the books normally that they do have in mm-hmm. normally Spanish. We don't have a lot of other languages usually in our public libraries, but we do have Spanish. And so that's great because they simultaneously translate without any intervention on your part. So, or they can get a book on tape in Spanish, for example. So um, again, they're, they're going to be hearing it, turning the pages with you <clears throat> and they're going to hear a native speaker now reading that book. Mm-hmm. and they make the connection mm-hmm. so all right Rachel I think our time is up yep. thank you again I love <laughs> doing this with you and you just bring such wisdom to the table thank you my uh, friend well thank you <laughs> you're the world's greatest assistant my <laughs> life is blessed because you're in it thank you Rachel oh my goodness thank you <laughs> and thank you listeners for joining me this week on the homeschool made simple podcast I have a request for you. Would you mind sending a homeschool made simple episode to a friend? Any episode. I'd love to help families homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. When you help me get the word out about what I'm doing here, 
I appreciate it so much. Until next time, remember, Jesus' commands are not burdensome. What he calls you to do, he will enable you to do. Blessings.